0: Hello and welcome to Lore Watch, a roundtable freeform discussion about lore and the games of Blizzard Entertainment. I'm Ann Stickney, one of two lore-focused writers over at Blizzard Watch, and I've got both of my wonderful co-hosts with me today. First up, I introduced him second last time, and it was kind of awkward, so I'm going to introduce him first this time. Hey, Joe. Joe Perez. Hey, Say
1: everybody. Hi. How's it going today?
0: <laughs> it's going. It's going a little better than it was last time, so there you go. You know
1: I'm not I'm not fighting DDoS attacks today so it is a very good day in my world as well.
0: Hey, that works. I can see things so that's that's a bonus too. It's just it's been a week of bonuses I guess, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh speaking of bonuses, we've got our extra special, he's always extra special, other co-host and that would be Matt Rossi. Hey Rossi. Yellow. Yeah, okay. That wasn't quite the special I was looking for, but
1: I'll take it. <laughs>
0: What's wrong with yellow?
2: yellow? That's an old one. I'm ancient. I used to drink Mellow Yellow. That's I was scary. just gonna say
1: that made me think of the the Mellow Yellow commercials. Yeah.
0: What's Mellow Yellow?
1: It's like Mountain it's, Dew.
2: It was like a Coke Coke branded Mountain Dew,
0: but it was I
2: don't know why they decided to to market their weird energy drink as being mellow. Like that's not what you drink super high caffeine drinks for. Oh. I can't imagine him going, I need to smooth out. I'd better ingest an entire liter of, of caffeine.
0: Well, was the taste <laughs> a mellow sort of taste? or? It, it no. was basically exactly Mountain Dew. It was? Yeah. Okay. All
2: right. Well. Was, if anything, a little sharper. And, and you know how when you first, for the first time you drank, you drank uh Mountain Dew, there's that like kind of bitter, whoa, what is that to it? It was like all bitter, whoa, what is that? That it sounds like bad.
0: Fresca or grapefruit,
2: anything. Really? He, 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 this wasn't like Fresca. This was very much more like a hand reaching into your mouth to grab your tongue and squeeze it until you said, <laughs> Please! Please! <laughs>
0: right so this uh this podcast isn't about soda so we're
2: just gonna move on <laughs> if you're if you want to know what Goldon is getting you to drink it's basically yes mellow. yes, yes
1: exactly. Hello yellow. exactly
2: that's that's why nobody wants it
0: i guess it, it's like i don't want a evil tongue grabbing my
1: gul needs a better marketing department that's all that's all boils down to
0: like yeah dream yeah because let's face it everything really isn't the best tagline <laughs> Drink this. It will taste
2: like a demon's hand grabbing your tongue.
0: I don't want that. Well, you but will. I don't want it. Okay, so uh, this week uh, we covered... Give it to Mikey, he'll drink anything. <laughs> Mikey <laughs> likes it. Anyway, um, this week... Well, last time we were here we talked about Overwatch, which was super fun. And I had a lot of, of interesting theories kind of pop up from that. And that's sort of leeching into my Know Your Lore column. So thanks, guys uh this week however we had kind of a build-up of emails again lore watch emails so i figured we'd go ahead and address at least a few of those um and see where the conversation takes us because as we know on this show it kind of goes all over the place uh if you do have an email for lore watch any lore question about any of blizzard's game titles will pretty much answer just about anything you can email that to podcast at com, and just make sure that you put lore watch in the subject line so that we know that it's intended for this podcast and not the other one that we do, which we also like questions for. Um, please try to keep your questions to a fairly minimal length because we don't want to read a novel on the show. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Uh, so we've got kind of a theme going on with some of these. The, the first couple, I put the first couple in there just to put the first couple in there, you guys. But then as we go on, we start getting more of a concentrated kind of theme thing going on with these emails. Anyway, so uh, first one that we've got here is from Captain Krogan, Torin Rett Rhett Paladin from Hilaria US, who I guess isn't a Krogan at all. Um, who says, greetings, O oh winter storm observers, listening to your podcasts and lore watches and stuffs, a thought occurred to me. Have we ever witnessed Khadgar and rathion interact with each other? Is there a connection there? Because Khadgar seems to be giving us the same go get me pow- some powerful junk quests that rathion gave us all through Mists Pandaria. Seems suspicious to me. Um, there is a second question here, but let's let's talk about the first one first.
2: Well, I did see Khadgar with a pair of glasses on that one time. And when he took him off, he did look an awful lot like, like Wrathion. So I'm not saying, no, no, seriously, everybody gives you those. Go get me powerful junk quests. That's
0: a that's wow how thing. You get the, that's how you get the powerful junk. Somebody I mean, sent you to go I get mean, it. I mean,
1: let's also be honest. We're carrying powerful junk at this point, too. Like it's. We're
0: carting it around and like smacking things with it.
1: Yep.
2: I'm at the point where I have like a, a, a weapon of awesome power. And then another couple of weapons, weapons of awesome power that I have for like when I feel like doing things differently, like hmm, I could use this tr- this gigantic sword of, of cataclysmic might, or the two other awesome swords of cataclysmic might, or then there's the shield and sword of yeah I I have options so yeah it, it's like you're a walking ironmongery at this point, or you know if you're a shaman whatever you're using, or if so have you like everybody has their various doodads of ridiculous power,
1: yeah and and the. The thing about why we haven't seen them talk to each other—it's mostly because, well, a couple of reasons. One, they've been doing completely different things at different times. Like Rathian was our central—I uh, don't want to say a motivator, but he was the one feeding us all the information and mop to get us to go and do what we need to do. And then we kind of disappeared and went to go do other things. I'm with...
0: sorry. Wait. Hold up. Back it back. Back it up. Back it up. Sure. Just a little... Did you just call it mop? Yes. No. Yeah. <laughs> It's mists, Joe. Just call it mists. Mists of Pandaria. Oh, We're okay fine. with that. We're not okay nice. with mop here. This is a mop-free podcast. All right. All right. Stan- Stanley
1: D- Stanley Duzowski is going to be very very disappointed. <laughs> um, okay, so mists. He was basically our our main motivator of like, okay, well we need this, well we need that. We I need this. Well, you're going to go get me the heart of this person, and I'm going to go consume it. And then he disappeared to go do dragon things. And then after that, we went to go fight against warlords in another far off land of not involving rathian because he really didn't have a stake in that one not Although
2: really there there is certainly a clue that he was there
1: yes he may have won like went and saw what was going on but whatever his motivations were it did not involve the players uh and then come to the current and the interesting thing is i believe there may have at one point been planned interaction
2: oh yeah that um, was because in the,
1: beta. He, in the beta, it was if any. At this point, I don't think it's anybody any spoilers for anybody. If it is, I'm sorry, but Ebenhorn is a black dragon. Um, if it wasn't apparent throughout all of that, and he is Rathian's brother thing, I guess. Um, originally that was Rathian. Like that was the whole that whole quest line was Rathian getting you to do that type of stuff. Um, so I don't know why they pulled Rathian out and made it a different character. At the last minute, I don't know if there's plans for him later on, but I don't think it's because he's Dadgar. I think it's more that we just he's doing other dragon things that we don't know yet.
0: I think it's because they couldn't actually like finish the story in time for that particular zone with Wrathion. Like they weren't happy with the direction it was going, or at least that's the impression that I get. So they stuck in somebody else entirely random. And that's not interesting. Give me Ratheon. Hello. Like the whole, no, I mean, it's the fun. whole I... reason he was having us do all this fetch stuff to get him the powerful junk in Pandaria was because of the event that we're currently playing through right now. He had a vision. He had a vision about the Legion coming back. He was trying to manipulate us so that we'd be like the most powerful forces that we could be in order to fight the Legion. And now he's just absent. Well, like, I would, he's I would just argue. gone. Where did he go?
1: But I would argue that it is interesting that there is a second uncorrupted black dragon that's out there in the world pulling strings.
0: Yeah, but I don't care.
1: (laughs) Wow. Harsh.
0: I'm not even like remotely emotionally invested in Ebonhorn at all. Like not even a little. I just I don't care about him rathion on the other hand has had this build-up since the end of cataclysm where rogues first encountered him as part of that legendary quest chain and even before that because we were kind of the reason that he came into existence in the first Mm -hmm. place if you play through the leveling quests in the badlands so we have this like vested interest in this black dragon it's been built it's been built over time there's You you can't just like slap in a tauren and say oh yeah he was a dragon all along and expect me to be really involved with that. I'm not. I don't care. These guys were isolated for 10,000 years. Meanwhile this other little punk (laughs) has been directly involved in everything that we've been doing for the past what? Three, four years? Something like that? There's been all the build up. Where is the payoff? I want the payoff. However, I,
2: I'm not tremendously invested in either of these characters. So I I'm am. Going, I got no fight. You guys do what you want. I will say this, though. Um, we do have a lot more expansion to go. We and, do. And we're going to see Nighthold is coming up in 715. Um, 7.2 is the actual Temple of Sargeras. If I were a betting man, and I'm not because I have no money, but if I were a betting man, I would put Rathion's possible involvement in this expansion to be in 7.2
0: with the tomb of sargeras? You've yeah. Got the two you not
2: just the tomb of sargeras. they they're going to bring back the demon invasions but put them on the broken isles instead. That's right. And that's a whole the, the whole ramp up to the assault on the temple is a kind of zone defense option where you're trying to keep the legion contained while you get your forces ready. That seems to me like, you know, the kind of time that Wrathion would stick his nose in cuz remember, Rathion's kind of responsible for warlords he did it on purpose yeah he played around with with the whole you know kairos deal he helped that guy out um for reasons of his own that we don't know but he did he helped that guy out and you remember too if you were playing like in in of pandaria uh rathion wanted the horde alliance conflict to come to a head and for there to be a victor and i mean i don't i didn't do the you know siege of orgrimmar on horde side so i don't know how that worked out but uh joe did you
1: I don't think it really played out much differently.
2: Well, cuz the, the alliance side you go talk to Rathion and he says, "Yeah, what is wrong with you people? I wanted, you know, Varian to kill, you know, to basically conquer the horde." So it was taking board about a side. year
0: on the horde side he says much the same thing and yeah. then he has kind of a throw away line where he goes yes i know i'm sorry i wanted you guys beaten but look it's the only way for you guys to unite one side has to conquer the other one has to fall in line and then everybody together can fight this menace like so and basically he had was, his own logical reasons yeah that was his goal the whole time
2: yeah um i think he basically his setting up warlords might have been to get you know, try to, to try and still make that happen in some fashion. But however it works out, we're now at the point where he does not have the luxury of a united Azeroth. So well, we, we know... We not
0: be united without him because we united under our classes rather well, that's, than our classes. That's, ex- that's
2: exactly what they said when they're talking about the defense thing. I think that might be a time for him to come back out when he's got a united force to work with. Like, he's not going to waste his time trying to convince a disjointed alliance and Horde to, to work together. He's going to wait till there's somebody he can go directly to and say,
0: OK, here's my plan. So- All I'm is- saying is that he, when he shows up again, and he better show up again, he better not be just a forgotten character.
1: You hear that? Anne's going to get real mad if he doesn't.
0: So help me. <laughs> when he shows up again, he better have a darn good excuse for why he was missing. Because this is all like that pivotal stuff that he was telling us about in Missa Pandaria. There should be some kind of reason for why he was absent. Maybe even... I would, I would, as an apology, I would accept an explanation for why he wasn't involved in Warlords. Give us some kind of intriguing story surrounding that. And then I'll be okay with the fact that we haven't seen him in so long. But we better see him. I mean, you can't have... This character, with this tremendous amount of buildup, just suddenly disappear. That doesn't make any sense. It's a waste.
1: You know, it's not like they've ever done that before. Oh, wait a minute. (sighs) They've done that so many times. This is your chance not to do that, guys. Don't do that. He's a phenomenal
0: character. He's just, he's a phenomenal character. It was a really good idea. It was a really interesting concept. It was really cool how they got the players involved. Doing the whole rogue legendary quest chain... Doing that in Cataclysm was some of the most fun that I had in Cataclysm because he was just such a devious little snot. Well, and the thing that gets me,
1: too, is there's there's also one key point that uh that 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 works in this favor. His buddy is in charge of the Alliance right now. Yeah. He's really good buddy that he spent an entire expansion essentially talking with and becoming best buds with. And I still want that buddy cop movie with the two of them. <laughs> But that's a perfect opportunity. You're talking about somebody who would listen, somebody who could potentially unite. And we've already seen potentially some glimmers of that uh, through some of the story that has has come through the comics and and some of the, the overtures that are being made where maybe it's not necessarily the United Forces of Azeroth that he's looking to. Maybe it's the new army of light and what that means. We don't know yet. We don't know what that comprises of because there's, you know, past, future, all this wibbly wobbly stuff. But it's a great opportunity if if Anduin winds up becoming like a leader of the Army of Light in some capacity, that's Rathian's perfect excuse. Here's a person who has basically what I'm looking for, who already knows who I am, who I've already made nice with and didn't eat him when I had the chance. Let's talk now. There's good opportunity here.
2: I'm going to be honest. I, I didn't play a rogue. I don't care that much about Rathian. Sorry. I get why people do. But if he doesn't show up, I won't be heartbroken. I will be a little surprised though, like because they did set him up pretty heavily.
0: They did. They spent all of Missa Pandaria setting him up pretty heavily, and then uh, they I just... do.
2: I actually kind of worry that since um, since we've seen a, a shift in the team, and uh, let's be honest, the person over here. the Sorry. person who's behind Rathion the most is a writer left the team to go work on Hearthstone. So I mean, on the upside, perhaps a Rathion te- Hearthstone expansion. But I do worry that he's not going to show up in in WoW for that reason.
0: I just think that that would be a ridiculous waste of what is probably one of the most intriguing characters that they've come up with over the past several years. And I put Garrosh in the same tier of intriguing characters that they've come up with. Was I particularly happy with the direction of Garrosh's storyline? At the end, not quite. I think he kind of got a bad end. I, I don't think that that was quite the resolution that I was looking for, but it was appropriate, right? It was appropriate. And he had like that full circle. I don't want to see a character like Rathion not get that full circle treatment, however that ends up ending up. But in just to address your question there directly, Captain Krogan, we haven't actually seen Cadgar and Rathion interact with each other because Rathion was heavily involved in Missa Pandaria where Cadgar was absent. Cadgar came in in warlords because he had a vested interest and he also he was one of the top experts on, oh, hey, that dark portal thing is doing things again. Cadgar's the guy you go to when you've got a problem with the dark portal. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah, the, I, dark portals will do that. They turn red and go to a different... Oh, uh, yeah, all the Yep, top. yep, yep, it'll do that. It'll I got a manual
1: it. for that right yep, here. Here, I got here a, you go.
0: In page 74. I need an Allen wrench and... <laughs> you guys have Goldon's skull. I need it for reasons. I need the skull and I need an Allen wrench. And I also need a margarita, not for the Dark see. Portal, just for me. <laughs> I want to see if that comes up again, by the way. Actually, I think Cadgar I think would be like a scotch drinker, if anything. But anyway, um, moving on, or I guess continuing the direction that we were going. We, we haven't really seen the two of them interact because they had two very different storylines. Are they invested in the same outcome Yes, have they talked to each other? No, and I don't think that Rathion would really want to talk to Cadgar. I can't really see him have any having any kind of an interest in old wizard dude. Like, <laughs> oh, you think you know everything? Well, that's great. I was made by a Titan creation. <laughs> <laughs> I know lots more than you, and I really have had it up to here with your uppity attitude, Khadgar. Actually, now I really want to see them meet, because I think that they'd bicker, and it'd be really funny. But yeah, we haven't we haven't seen Ratheon show up. I'm hoping that we do. Cadgar is not Ratheon. if that's what you're trying to imply and or ask here. No, they are not one and the same. It's just, we've had multiple characters have us go around gathering up
2: powerful things over the years. If they were all the same guy, then it would be quite confusing. It'd be a little weird. To say the very least. I've gathered powerful artifacts from Magatha Grimtotem. She's not Khadgar, I
0: hope. <laughs> Where's she at? I need That's her like, to come back. Yeah, that would we left quit. her on a really weird place in Cataclysm 2. If you haven't played through Thousand Needles, you should play through Thousand Needles. Anyway, moving on. There is a secondary question from Captain Krogan. And this one is also interesting. It does include Zone spoilers for the Valshara storyline. If you haven't, for some reason... Finish playing through Valhalla. I don't know why you haven't. Please go do so. It'll take you about an hour, and then come back and resume listening to the show because we're going to talk about this. Uh, he says, "Secondary question, if you have time, are there any character deaths that you think have been in error? People whose potential far exceeded their lifespan in game. Plenty of people in Warlords come to mind: Orgrim, Young, quote unquote Velin, all of the Warlords, and my favorite character, Gnar, as well as some from Legion." Varian, Vol'jin, Ysera. Thanks for the show. Helps me stay awake on long road moves between army bases. Watch on peoples. Captain Krogan. So I have a few, but I'll let you guys go first. No, no. Go ahead, Rossi. I want to hear. All right. Well, first off,
2: since you already mentioned him, Garrosh. I think Garrosh's death was a huge mistake. Um, I'm going to actually say that I kind of think Warlords of Draenor even happening was a huge mistake at this point. Like, it feels like Warlords was the, oh, God. We have this amazing expansion plan, but we're not. This one's not ready. We have to get one out now. What do we do? Uh, they go to Draenor again. What? But how? Yeah, it's not blowing up this time. What? But how? Are we we got a thing. Wizard did it. We're cool. Let's just go. Bush it, Push it. Because it feels like you know. What wizard?
0: Cadgar. Oh, okay. That sounds
2: fabulous. The the opening of Warlords is really good. Like the the leveling experience is really good. Then it gets to a certain point, and you feel like seriously, they just didn't have any more. And but they they have an expansion. They're gonna they're gonna have to do this. It's, it just I don't know. I don't know why. Really compared to, to Legion, it really does feel lacking in several ways. But Garage's death to me is a huge mistake. It's a huge waste of a character's potential. Um there was a lot more Garage could have done. And it could have been worse. Like he could have done worse, more evil things. He didn't have to like come along and save us. He could have, you know, been like absolutely you could I could I totally imagine Garage having become fully corrupted and going to side with the legion. I could see that happening, but he'd always think he was right and there'd be like you could, lots of character stuff you could do with it. But they could have done more than they ended up doing, which was just that fight with, with Thrall that was kind of didn't really work for me. Um I I don't actually mind Varian's death. Varian's death, I, I don't like it as a as a person who plays World of Warcraft. It's not it doesn't make me happy. I wish he was still around, but I don't feel like it was a waste. Like I feel like they it was as good a place as any to stop with him. Like, he could have lived another 40 years and done more cool stuff, and I would have thought it was fine, but I'm not bothered by him dying. Vol'jin, I'm straight up bothered by him dying. Mm-hmm. Like, Vol'jin straight up didn't get to do anything. He got to be war chief and then got to do nothing. He got to do more before he became war chief than he did as war chief. There was that year, year and a half of Vol'jin really getting some development. He got his book. He got a lot of stuff in, in Mists. He got stuff before Mists. It really felt like he was stepping out onto his own and then finally... He gets war chief and then nothing and now he's dead and that really bothers me. Um, there's more, but those two I'm gonna I'm gonna leave on those one and then see what people say because there's one I have that's kind of a surprise. And I'm gonna wait to see if people are surprised by it.
0: Joe, what okay. about you?
1: Honestly, out of all the ones that I was really surprised. I wouldn't say surprised, but. Vol'jin is the big sticking point for me, even if he wasn't going to be war chief, you know, have him mortally wounded and step down. There's still more that you can do with him. There's still more that he can serve and do. That's fine. But I feel like his death was, was, I don't want to say hollow, but it was a vehicle to put Sylvanas front and center, which she didn't need a vehicle to do that. You could have just done that in a different way. Um, don't get me wrong. I like the Dark Lady as my my war chief, but I still would have liked to seen more out of Vol'jin. I think there was more story to tell. And I think he got the raw end of the deal. Um, Ysera was kind of a, a sticking point, too, because of how easily it happened, I guess, is kind of the thing. Um, like, I understand the dragon aspects are all like essentially being picked off one by one. But it's like even in their diminished form, they're still the leaders of their respective flights. They should be a little more hardy than that. And to be taken out so quickly and then make the players do it feel, felt like it didn't serve a purpose to me, I guess would be the best way to put it. Like, it, it just felt like there was more that could have been done with the Dragonflights finding their way in this, you know, this universe's world post being Titan charged, essentially.
0: Can I sidebar so. for a moment? Sure. Sidebar kind of interesting that every dragon aspect that's died so far we've been responsible for their deaths Mm -hmm. okay back to you joe
1: i was going to point that out too but uh but other than that like i don't know i don't i feel that the problem that that we have here is a lot of the deaths that do occur in game uh, i don't want to say feel hollow but they very very seldomly feel exceptionally satisfying like with exemptions like xavius i felt that that was Purely satisfying after eons of being tormented by this. Arthas this felt journey. good.
0: The Lich King felt Arthas good. Arthas
1: felt good as well because, again, eons of being tormented by this this figure, right? Um, Illidan felt hollow when, when we first did it. There's there's a lot of weird, weird little moments like that. So I could probably name a few more. But right now, out of the current list, I'm going to say that Vol'jin is probably my number one pick for, like, why did you do this?
0: Volgen is right there on my list because like Rossi mentioned he got so much character development before he came war- became war chief like the throughout Mists of Pandaria I was really excited that we actually started to see Vol'jin evolve as a character and I was really excited when they made him war chief because I was like oh they're actually gonna do something with his character now cool I wonder what kind of war chief he's gonna be he's going to be the kind that dies very quickly apparently
1: that's you know, all he's worse? gonna do
0: like that's that's the only notable he made you leader of your garrison and then he kicked a bucket like to do another sidebar thing yeah one of the things that
2: really bothers me about that too is that there's nobody to replace him as a troll figure no yeah he there really is have isn't. a successor i don't even have didn't even have a character who in the story can be our central troll except you know maybe I mean? like um like, there's a couple out there but they're not like gadrin you
0: know, was it gadrin there's yes.
2: Zabra Hex, there's a few others, but there's nobody that does that instant you think troll, you think this person
0: character. Yeah. They don't have that figurehead. That's all I just wanted I really wanted to say. And that. the thing is is like the orcs they still don't have a figurehead at this point. Like nobody has been really like deliberately yep. assigned as, "Oh, this is the leader of the orcs."
2: But there's so many orcs you know and you you know, you could always like you can look to say Sarfang. You, you could. could look to Thrall. At least they're there. With there's trolls nobody the trolls
1: the closest one i would say is, is zentabra but like even then like she
0: just showed up
1: yeah but she's but she's the the closest one of having done or accomplished anything important
0: had right? more than a couple of lines in game yeah yeah
1: and i mean but at that point she like, has it, a
0: voice she has a voice actor
1: so she <laughs> does that,
0: that puts her above anybody else right uh,
1: but not only that like she, her, at least like i don't know i feel like they're phasing trolls out if that makes sense like it's to, weird. to kind of to kind of piggyback off Rossi there because
0: when karen died and when karen died it was it was sad yes um but it was reflected in game and his son took his place and that felt very appropriate and the Torians still had a leader and if
2: you didn't like his son there's always hamul yeah and you, who, if you want an evil one there's magatha
0: yeah there's, there was there's like people out there there was a lot of authority figures as far as the toran were concerned there are a lot of authority figures as far as the orcs are concerned but none of them have actually like stepped up nobody's pointed at any of them and said yeah that guy or that gal they're leading they're leading the orc faction right and now
2: i would love them to bring back the characters from northrend the one oh, who killed your yes, sister
0: yes and i have
2: would... i want to say Krenna, but i think krena might be the one that actually gets killed
0: i think krena was the one that you
1: know this will this will be i'm gonna bring, i'm gonna i'm gonna say this this is my gripe Trolls need another figurehead or at least some importance to keep added in the story. So do gnomes. Gnomes are also in that category. No, ha- hey,
2: no, no. Gnomes got themselves Geblin. Geblin is awesome. Yeah. Geblin Mechatork is awesome. And I'm I was going to say, you, but
1: if anything ever happens to Mechatork, what then?
2: Sooner or later, sooner or later, Mimoron's going to just come lead the, the gnomes. It's going to happen. Mimoron's been getting more and more presence in every expansion. He's in this one a lot. If you're playing a hunter, there, he, he's all over yep. it. Sooner or later, Memeron's going to come say, "My children, let's conquer Azeroth," and they will. And we're all going to be like, like I am. Anne, I, I hate it when I saved Memeron, and now I'm a slave to the Overmind. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Gorgona was the one that was. Krina was her sister. It was Gorgona and Krena.
2: Yeah, I want to see them them come back. Well, not both of them. Was one of them? is
0: Krenna, dead, but. dead, but Gorgona was leading Conquest Hold. So what happened to her? We don't I'd like know. I would
2: like to see her come back. Um, I like. She's dead now, but I, I liked her when we we had her. Um, the the head of the Dragon Flare, the the one that you know basically took over when we we killed uh Warlord Gormok or whatever his name was. Yeah. You know, she she of course went bad and served Karaj, so she's gone too. There's a lot of female- Zayla. Yes, Zayla, Warlord Zayla.
0: Yeah. Um, I think. Beyond the ones that we've already listed, the one that always comes immediately springs to mind whenever I'm asked this question is Vandroid Staghelm. Yeah, I knew because you say that. yeah, I think that he had like tremendous potential as an in-game villain and that was kind of squandered and he was just made a raid boss, but throughout the novels and the various books and the comics and everything, you kind of Got the sense of Fandral as a character, but I don't mm-hmm. think that he was ever really allowed to develop. He just kind of got stuck in, and he had some interesting moments too. He throughout did. All that there was a well. lot. There was a lot of really interesting stuff going on with Fandral. And I mean, Fandral. You know, in in Chronicle, it's revealed that he was the one that was responsible for creating the Emerald Nightmare in the first place. It was him. It was what he had done when he kind of defied the Senarian Circle, stole a bunch of trees. Or branches from the World Tree and planted them over Serenite, in an attempt to kind of stall the Serenite's growth, which ended up working. But at the same time, it also allowed the Old Gods an opening in which to get into the Emerald Dream and create the Emerald Nightmare. So that was bad, right? <laughs> none of that. None of that was particularly good. But the fact that Fandral stood so directly opposite Taronda. And even opposite Malfurion, like, he and Malfurion, they would butt heads. There was a reason why he didn't ask Malfurion for his input when he took those branches and planted them over the Serenite. And it it just, it worked. It worked that we had that kind of, oh, okay, here's a dissenting opinion. We need one of those. We can't have them all, all the elves living in happy harmony in the trees. We need, we need some kind of conflict there to keep things interesting. And I thought that Fandral kept it interesting. So, um... Rossi, I know you said that there was one that you said was like a surprise. I don't think
2: people I don't think people will even know the character is the thing. He's okay. relatively obscure. Well, list it well, off anyway. Rolar Fangfire. Yes. Um he's known as Alpha Prime. If you did if you read Curse of the Worgen, he's essentially the first Worgen. Um, and
0: another dissenting opinion. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Well
2: here's the thing is quite frankly, um I think the Night Elves need a lot more of dissenting opinions and I'll I get into that some other point, but but this guy the reason I like him is he's kind of the first Worgen, except unless you count Malfurion. Malfurion is the first guy to ever develop the pack form. And the first thing he did when he used pack form was go crazy and attack Scenarius. That did not go over well. So, so Scenarius was like, what are you doing? Stop it. Get off of me. Get off of me. And they, they were like, no, no one should use the pack form. But but Relar was like, uh, we're getting our our, ha- our butts handed to us during the war against the Satter, the... Um, I forget what it's called, the War of the Emerald Knight or something. But when they were fighting they the Satyr... They just called it
0: the War of the Satyr.
2: Okay. When they were fighting the Satyr, um, they were basically not doing as well as they could have. Uh, the, you know, the Satyr had, you know, all sorts of evil magic and connections to the Burning Legion, and they just fought a war with the Burning Legion, so they weren't really keen on fighting another one with them. But as a result, um, Relar basically was like, hey, I've come up with this really cool new form. And Malfurion's like, it's not a new form. I used it once. We can't use it. It'll just drive you crazy. Uh so R'lar was trying to get his friend to use it. His friend refused to use it and died because Malfurion had forbidden it. He it got was killed. Arvel. Yeah, it was Arvel. As a result, R'lar kind of went nuts. And this is how the Scythe of Alune even came to be because uh, Arvel's, um, I forget her name. Belisra. But, yeah, Lysra. She Belisra was, was the one who helped him create the Scythe of Loon because they got a fang of Goldrin and connected it to like a staff of loon. And all this stuff happened. He's a character who's got connections to, like, the Gilneas story. He's a character who is very much connected to the early part of Night Elf story. And he's very much against Malfurion, uh, against Taranda to a degree. Because he's straight up blasphemed. Like, you know, the, mm-hmm. this, the whole thing. The, he, he straight up, not only did he go against Malfurion, he went against the very Elune priesthood by creating the scythe. That wasn't something they were supposed to do. Uh, that was, you that was know, a very
0: bad thing that they tried to
2: do. So these guys, I've always wanted to see Ralar more. He gets killed in in the comic, and that's I think that's kind of a shame because he was definitely a character that
1: adds more to the story. Well, especially because we never knew half of his motivations either, too later on, right? Because like he's responsible for the Gilneas infection, isn't he?
2: Yeah, exactly. He's 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 brought back. It was um, Archmage Arugal brought uh, essentially contacted the the banished worgen The the worgen when when malfurion beat them the first time he had them banished to the emerald dream where they were sleeping
0: can i just say that you know okay curse of the worgen was a really good graphic novel and if you haven't picked it up you should pick it up Uh, it was a good comic series it was like a five issue series but it's available in graphic novel form now so if you haven't read it you should pick it up because it was just really well done and well written but Halford ramsey the investigator guy from the comic mm-hmm. El I kind of want to see him come back at some point he didn't die so this isn't a case of a character dying too early or anything it's just he showed up in the comic and then he disappeared and I'd really like to see him come back again because he was kind of fascinating yeah I can agree with that he yeah. was definitely interesting and I'm I'm the Morgan kinda...
1: detective I, I you know I could get down with that
0: yeah well he was just he was cool he was he was just a cool character um I can I can get behind rolllar because Rilar again it's another one of those dissenting opinions and i feel like i feel like the individual factions the individual races within the factions i feel like they're at their most interesting when there is a dissenting opinion that's part of what made the touring kind of intriguing because you had all of the tribes working together but then you had the grim totem who were like like they were just sneaky and shady they were- and they weren't really Plus they were something I've always kind of thought you'd see in a
2: race that physically powerful.
0: Yeah. Like,
2: yeah. here's a race of people who are stronger than orcs significantly. Like if Karen and garage yeah, significantly, if, if Karen and garage had gotten into a wrestling match, that fight would have been over in five seconds. Karen would have like picked him up and slammed into the ground and it would have been over. Um, they're just much stronger. And yet they're always so big on the earth and so forth. It was nice to see Torn like, no, we're better than everybody else. Why shouldn't we rule? We're, I am significantly stronger than any of you. Yes, especially you, Green Boy. I could kick your butt. And and spe- uh, dwarves, <laughs> you think you're in touch with the earth? We come from the Earth Mother. Step out. And I liked that because they were they were not all goody goody. They were straight up mean jerks.
0: But you and- look at again. You look at the races that are the most interesting. Torrens were in the the torn. Tauren- In particular, they were interesting because they had that conflict. Dwarves suddenly got interesting when the whole thing went down with Magni, and suddenly we had Moira make a return. Oh, yeah. And the whole... Yeah, that's when they got interesting. Night elves. Night elves are interesting when they've got that internal conflict. I mean, orcs. The orcs got really fascinating when all of a sudden it was Garrosh against the rest of the combined horde. You know, it's just... It feels like that conflict needs to be there. And with the Night Elves in particular, it seems like all of the characters that presented that kind of a conflict have been taken out of the picture. That's why I'm so glad that we kind of have Maiev back and she's right, not but the fully... Thing, the thing that irritates me about Maiev is that they brought Maiev back and she appears to have like, softened dramatically. I think, I think and I she don't... has to have softened from the books. From the books, yes. But at the same time, I don't she presented she's... that dissenting opinion... And I don't think she's gonna, I don't think she's gonna fall in line with Toronto. I
1: don't think conflict. we've seen enough from her yet to really make that decision. I don't think we have because either. I don't because think... she kind of, I mean, what she was in prison, she's been beat up, she was, you know, we freed her and then she's kind of reunited with her brother, and then that's it for right now, right? Like, that's I mean, that's there was that
0: whole at. bit that went down where she was trying to frame the highborn for. It murder or trying to frame the worgen for the murders of the highborn and then she tried to kill malfurion and all of that in the storm rage book was very fascinating and if you mm-hmm. haven't read storm rage you probably should um the maiev that we saw at the end of that was kind of crazed and maddened like she'd gone insane and i feel like they wrote it off as her being having gone mad or whatever and they really didn't need to because it wasn't entirely out of line for her to hold the opinions that she was holding i mean she wants she thinks that night elves it's it's the same thing with Fandral. Fandral believed that night elves were far superior to any other race on azeroth and why wouldn't he they'd been around for thousands and thousands and thousands of years way longer than those humans and those other people right And he also believed that the Night Elves should remain in isolation. Well, why wouldn't he? As soon as the Night Elves started allying with the humans and these other races, what started happening all over the place? Calamity everywhere. Maybe it would have been better had they all just stayed in the forests. You know what I mean? So it's not like his opinions or Maiev's opinions were entirely out of line. Maybe the degree with which... They they went out of their way to, like, strike back at Malfurion and Taronda were kind of out of place because, I'm sorry, you know, poisoning Malfurion to keep him trapped in the Emerald Dream forever, blah, blah, blah. Oops, oh, you're crazy. I just, I feel like there was more there. There was more potential there that was never explored. I don't know. I've been going on forever. I'm really sorry.
2: Okay, I just... Like I said, I don't think we're going to see a Maev who is like, yes, Tyrande and Malfurion have been right all along, but we haven't gotten to see exactly where she's going to fall out. I want to
0: see her butt heads.
2: Yeah, well, I don't think there's any way to avoid it since I doubt (laughs) Malfurion has entirely forgiven that whole thing. And honestly, though, what's interesting is that we've kind of seen that the Wardens do have a separate power base. Yeah, they do. They have their their vault in the uh, Broken Isles. They're basically... There's a way for her to continue on in night off society without being forgiven for what she did. She can just say, I did what I had to and here I am. And I've been proved right. She can hold up the legion and say, this is the real menace and you've done nothing to prepare for it. You know? So there's, there's ways around it. Uh, But in general, yeah, a lot of, a lot of times character death, like Tyrion is the only one I can think of where his death didn't feel like it was truncating a story because Tyrion has felt done since ICC.
1: I would agree with
0: that. It really did. And the fact that he kind of lingered on in Cataclysm, he he lingered on, but he lingered on in this state of semi-retirement that felt right it felt right for him to be holed up in the Plaguelands, just trying to mop up the rest of the plague or whatever. Okay. That's cool. That seems like a fitting end for him.
2: Well, I even like, I think it was you who pointed this out, but it might not have been, I don't remember who exactly, but someone pointed out that he basically said, and to find ICC, he called onto the light and said, give me this one final blessing. Yeah. And it did. And that's probably why it didn't save him. You know, when he was, he's done. It, it did. He did what the light needed him to do. It's time for him to move on. And, a death in battle against the Legion is as good a way to go as any. How else is he going to die? Just get Plays old. of
0: glory. Well, no, right? I
1: mean, he gets to become like uh, essentially a martyr, right? He gets, becomes a martyr for the cause. And what do we have? We learned in all of the years of playing. We're suckers for a martyr at this point. Well, like plus, that, what mean, do we need to, for impetus? Right.
2: Yeah. If you've played a, a paladin like sense, especially if you play like a rep paladin, when you go to get uh, Ashbringer, he isn't quite dead like they find him and he he basically is like, you know, I've, it's been out for a while guys, come on. Um he basically passes on the torch to your your character and there's it's a, it's a quiet little moment and everybody's really like, you know, oh no, save the high lord, save the high lord and he's he isn't upset. He's like, no. Yep. He's accepted it. Yeah, I take take the blade up, do do what I can't and it it works. Tyrion's ending works. that that is I, I I feel like Varian's ending is appropriate, but I would have liked there to be more Varian. But I didn't feel that way about Tyrion. I feel like Tyrion got his moment. He got his moment atop ICC. He did the big thing that he intended to do, since he ta- since he started being a paladin again. You know, like the the state of the Plaguelands, He he finally went to the one guy who was really most responsible for it, and put that guy down. Like mean, with our help, obviously, but
0: it just felt like he had kind of a complete story where he went full fo- like, you know, he was the honorable paladin member of the Silver Hand, and then he got exiled, and then he was that wacky hermit dude that we found in the woods in the Plaguelands, and and got maggots for because he was hungry, <laughs> and then we went through all the trouble, you know, that whole we took that whole journey with Tyrion, and and we followed it all the way through to its natural conclusion and it just felt right varian i don't agree that varian should have died i think varian was just starting to get interesting yeah but at the same time if there was any way for varian rin to go that would be the way to do it fighting for his life on a pile of angry demons and hopefully he took out just as many as he could before he went down swinging
1: my only gripe is I don't think Gul'dan earned that one. I think that I don't think giving, he did. No, I think giving it to him was was a mistake. Like it should have been something different. But
2: yeah, like I said, I don't like that he's dead, but I can accept it as a complete story, as an ending to the character. But with Tyrion, I feel like it. It was there's there was nothing more for Tyrion to do. It, it almost feels unfair to ask Tyrion to go now. Now he has to go through this second Legion invasion and fight that. It's like he's done enough. He, he's fought enough he's carried the standard for the class enough it's time to move on
0: it's okay old man you yeah. did your job thank you
2: hand the sword over and move on whereas with yeah. varian i didn't feel that way but for me of those three deaths those three big opening deaths of of the uh burning sh- the broken shore Volgens is the one that bugs me the most because it just it, it there was so much more for him
0: to do
1: yep
0: i still i'm waiting to see more of andwin now that his father is gone, I want to see what that did to Anduin. We we've we got like a little tidbit of him in the introduction stuff where, you know, you gathered in the Stormwind throne room and they had like that whole meeting thing. You gave him the the locket from his dad and and all that, and that's the last we saw of him. I I want to see what kind of man Anduin has become now as a result of this, and we haven't really seen much of that either. And I'm kind of kind of waiting patiently for that one too. Maybe maybe that would be a good way for Rathian to come back like you were saying, Joe. Have him come well, I mean, back and talk to Why would we he go talk to his friend? His friend's dad just died.
1: Well, not only that, it would also explain why we haven't really seen a whole lot of him like cuz despite despite anduin being not a frontline fighter, he's always been one that has struck me as he would be the first one to dig through the piles of rubble to save, like, you know, a people or his people or any people, really, because he holds all life sacred. And at the end of the day, he's a healer type, right? He would be tending to the wounded. I could see him running through the lines and and taking care of them uh, in the only way that Anduin would, would want to do. Um, we haven't seen him do any of that. We haven't seen him on any of the battlefronts. We haven't seen anything like that, at least. And correct me if I'm wrong, because I have not been playing the Alliance side, but... After he basically takes over, we don't hear anything really from him yet.
0: Yeah, we and, haven't.
1: Because Gen Greymane is, is is going out there and he's Gen. the one.
0: Sorry, <laughs> I'm like, it's GIF and JIF all over again. Yeah.
1: Gen Greymane. So he's out there. He's leading the forces. He's, he's in the, the thick of it. He's out there being the general for the Alliance, essentially the, the commander general and whatever you want to call him. But what is Anduin doing?
0: I do like that Gan is getting a more active role this expansion. I really do. I appreciate seeing him in the thick of things because we haven't really seen him take any kind of active role in anything since Cataclysm. So good job. And that whole scene between him and Sylvanas in Stormheim, that was fantastic. That was, that was, I loved that cinematic. I loved every bit of that cinematic. It was great, but I kind of want to see more, but yeah, it's He's kind of filled in on that role, and I understand why, because, you know, obviously Anduin's probably grieving or whatever, but I want to see what happened to Anduin. Come on, show us some Anduin. Show us, show us some angry vengeance, you know, single-minded vengeance-driven Anduin. What is he going to do? The Legion just killed his dad. Don't tell yep. me he's just going to hole up in Stormwind
2: i don't necessarily want to see him hole up in stormwind but i doubt seriously we're going to get an angry vengeance Anduin. i know it we aren't going to be gonna any... get like
0: vengeance yeah. andwin or anything but i can't really i mean he's the sort of dude who i figure you know you push him down he's just going to stand up even taller so i'm waiting for him to stand up because he got knocked way the heck down this expansion um so yeah that was like a great couple of questions captain Krogan. thanks um we're going to go ahead and move on to the next one, though. Uh, this one says, Hey, Watchers, Lucas Lucas from Goldren, Brazil here. I was wondering why Sargeras needs a portal to Azeroth. I understand that when the Titans told him about Azeroth, he didn't know where she was, so he needed a portal. After all this time, do you think that he still doesn't know, or is it just a decision made by the developers that he needs a portal so that we'd have to deal with other things first? Thanks for the great work. No one ever said that he needed
2: a portal because he didn't know where it was in the first place. It wasn't a question of him not knowing where it was, although he didn't at first. It's always been a question of, he can't just walk around on the planet without destroying it. And we now know he he doesn't want to destroy it. Yeah. He doesn't want to destroy the planet. He wants to maybe kill all of us, but what's in the planet, he has definite designs on and not to kill. He is
0: obsessed with Azeroth. Vested interest in Azeroth.
1: We We also don't know titan mechanics i guess i would want to say because maybe it's not necessarily that he needs it like we said to find where it is uh maybe perhaps it's that's how the only way he can manifest and take physical form on the planet without destroying everything simply by just looking at it and like you said we know we always known that like it's he wants us dead we don't know what his designs are with the planet yet if he's going to purge it or destroy it we have we have the initial idea that he wants to destroy it but maybe that's not the case anymore well there's maybe
2: specific he- there's specific text when some of the artifacts that indicate sargeras's goals for azeroth are much less destroy the planet and much more something else uh the the one in the one in question is the i can't talk today is the scepter of sargeras the the warlock artifact mm-hmm has some text that basically in indicates that sargeras is he's a creepy dude let's put it that way well sargeras yeah he's, he's falling in love dude. with the planet yeah yeah so there's there's some creepy dudeness going on here
1: well and, um, and not only that but if that if if azeroth supposed to be the best the best weapon against the void and the void is ultimately sargeras's enemy then why not try to raise the weapon on your side right i mean it makes sense to me
0: it's it's still a little creepy but i mean if you want to look at it from a different direction sargeras even when sargeras came down to fight agewen way back when it wasn't sargeras it was an avatar of sargeras it was this thing that was kind of imbued with his spirit or what have you i i feel like much like the titans themselves they couldn't they couldn't walk on Azeroth, so they created the titan forge to do the work for them um Am- Amon Thule kind of almost wrecked the planet because he reached down, grabbed an old god, and tried to rip it from the world's surface. it They're huge. The titans are gigantic, and Sargeras was a titan, so he's just as gigantic as they ever were, maybe even more so. Who knows what the foul magic did to him? Maybe it made him beefier. We don't know. Um, but that portal is needed because he can't just step on the world. If he steps on the world, it's just going to shatter like an egg. I imagine that I, I, you know, we don't have like any kind of direct scale comparisons between a titan and a planet, but I, I keep imagining like one of their feet is the size of I don't know the entirety of Kalimdor. Well, if you look at it this way, we we know that when um Thul scooped out
2: um, Yashaj to to rip it out of the planet, like we don't like he at le- that's at least the size of his hand is the size of the original Well of Eternity at least that big. If it wasn't just him plucking it out with two fingers, you know what I'm saying?
0: Like at <laughs> the minimum, just like pinching it to pick yeah, it up
2: <laughs> at the minimum. He can stick his hand into a planet and scoop out a hole as big as the original well of eternity, which was like a ocean, like an ocean in the middle of the ancient calendar. at the most. That's like a couple of his fingers, just kind of touching it. Going oop, like popping a blackhead on the planet. So sort of, gross. Yeah. Gross. But, but apt. Yeah. Th- 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 very gross, but they're the old gods and so not exactly nice things.
0: That's actually like a, a pretty apt analogy
2: there. So either way, at the minimum, they are about they're so big that they could st- if they stood on Kalimdor they could probably reach out and touch the moon. And that's like that's a small estimate based on like the idea that that was an entire hand and not just a couple fingers. So the scale is ridiculous. And the thing about that is like when he came through as the Avatar, the Avatar was like monumentally huge. And that was just, like, something he made so he could come through. His lieutenants, who are not titans, have to use portals to get through.
0: The Eredar.
2: Yeah. Like, um, I'm trying to think of, like, the Archimonde and Jaden when they come through, are massive. Have you ever seen those guys? And they have to use portals. They're And they're not even titans.
0: They're just Aridar. So They're Eredar that have been imbued with fel magic. And are they the size of Felon? No. They're way bigger. Yeah. So, so that's that's the other thing that kind of supports the idea that Sargeras, even as the size of a titan, maybe creating becoming corrupt, embracing the fel, becoming the leader of the Burning Legion. Maybe he's bigger than a titan ever was. And that makes him phenomenally huge, just gigantic, just like maybe we're the size of his eyelashes. I don't know.
2: Yeah, but also to key considers is the fact that the portal is mostly there for his various minions to come through. More than for himself. We don't even know if he intends to physically come here. But we they need the portal to get through because otherwise they have to travel through the Great Dark Beyond. And that takes a very long time. That—that's There's a reason people don't just show up. When you close the portal, that effectively seals them off. That's why the portal network is so important. That's why Illidan wanted the Sargeric Keystone. Because there's no way for him to mount an offensive without it. So... The portal isn't just about Sargeras finding the planet. It's also about even if you know exactly where the planet is, if you have to travel through space to get there, it would be. Imagine if we decided we were going to like go to war with a planet fifty thousand light years away from here, and we had no other way to get there but to travel through space. It would take us fifty thousand years to get there.
0: That planet would be gone by the time we got to it. No, it would still just be through there, probably, evolution. But, yeah, the guys were
2: mad at. Went extinct 25,000 years ago, and now the snail people live here. Oh, okay. Oops, I
0: guess we just need to turn around and go home. Then there's no home to go to. And you're all <laughs> the people that are coming to
2: wage the war are, in fact, your descendants. Now, you know, it's just it, we don't know enough to really make a determination on this, but it's very unlikely that Sargeras is just, you know, sitting around going, "Oh, if only I knew where Azeroth was." I, I doubt that that's the problem at this point. Joe, do you have any
0: thoughts on this?
1: No, I mean that pretty much well covers it. Like. I that's uh, like I said it's we don't understand Titan Titan mechanics it could be something that has to do with how he manifests it could be more that he needs it to get more of his forces in there quickly because I mean we don't know how many ships they have like yeah some of them can travel through the void on ships we also don't know how long it takes to get there what arrived at, at Azeroth could have been sent off thousands and thousands of years ago we don't know so I mean there, there's a number of things uh, it, it'll be interesting to see I don't think it was I don't think it's developer based i think it's more this sounds really cool let's figure out why this is cool
0: okay well our next question which is probably gonna be our last question because this one is actually a pretty weighty question and i have a feeling we're gonna be talking about it for a while is from captorian uh, who is a guardian lockadin from Nordrasil, us who says hi gang it's much harder to keep these questions short than you would think but here goes what is the natural state of the cosmic forces and their agents is it balance or domination the old gods corrupt world souls and forged order as well as the emerald dream in at least one dragon aspect life yet they don't seem to act against light directly the army of light shows up and they're not battling the void but rather the Legion disorder it was Sargeras that killed the other titans, not the agents of disorder, and he was set off by the old gods' infestation, not the Nathrezim. If shadow can't exist without light, for example, can the cosmic forces and their agents even act against their opposites? Perhaps it comes down down, perhaps it comes down to this. What do the Void Lords want? Is it the intrusion of the void into the spheres of order and life, the goal and purpose of the void, or has something upset that natural order? And that's a mouthful. So go ahead, you guys. What do you think? All right. Since Joe isn't
2: talking. Uh, I, I think first off that trying to figure out what the Void Lords want is inherently trying to ascribe to them motivations that would make sense to us. But they don't make sense to us. They are devoid of motivations that we would comprehend. That's why they cause madness and their minions cause madness. They are not beings that exist as we understand existing
0: trying to like, comprehend what they are up to induces madness yeah because they're not
2: they're not beings they, they are like the opposite of beings they lack everything that we consider like a thing that's they they twist reality just in order to try and make our universe more hospitable to them makes it less hospitable to us we understand it less it it fo- it follows you know things we may intend for it to make sense less. They don't even die. Like when you kill an old God, even when the old God is dead, it's flat out dead. It can still affect the world and think and talk. And, and I'm, I'm not even talking about like, you know, C'Thun or yogg sothoth both of which we've quote unquote killed. I, I mean, Yasaj, who got ripped out of the planet and torn into chunks by a Titan. And the chunks got scattered across the continent. And even then, Even with it deader than dead, no coming back, no new Yashraj, the Shah exists because of it, the heart could still act. It had to be sealed away. They're not. so, So that's your first problem is trying to understand where they exist in the order of the cosmos because they are not part of it. They don't belong here. They warp the universe just by being in it. As far as, like, you know, can order, you know, attack disorder, can life attack death, can light directly attack shadow, I I see enough evidence of the things existing in both balance and imbalance to think that there's no imposed cosmic order to this situation. These forces exist, and they are all in contention. And they're not just in contention with the one on the opposite side of a chart. They're in contention with each other. Sometimes they contend through violent conflict. Sometimes they contend through mutually you know, beneficial means, but they all contend all the time. They're all – because that's what makes up reality as we understand it. It's the various forces expressing themselves that makes reality exist, makes the worlds exist, makes the spirits exist. The balance is definitely on a different scale. It's not like there is a force of balance that imposes it. It's just that they – they tend to find a balance and that's how existence is, is in the first place. If there's no balance, existence can't be maintained. Uh, but that's just, this is just me speculating. I don't think there's ever been anything in game about this at all. Joe, what do you
0: think?
1: It's kind of one of those weird things where it, you can kind of make parallels to, to quantum physics and it, as we understand it in real world. Right. And, and Rossi kind of touched on that. Everything acts upon everything in a system. It, Doesn't necessarily mean that it is perfectly balanced and there could be things that will cause things to overtake or operate in cycles. And that could very well be it. The problem is we don't know because we're such small infinitesimal specs uh, compared to the size of the system. For all we know, like the natural state could be perfect, perfect order. But I don't think that's necessarily the case, which if that because if that was the case, the Titans wouldn't go around ordering things. They wouldn't be trying to bring order. Um, I think that there's an ebb and flow to sort of the universe where, you know, maybe spirit overtakes fire or fire overtakes life and 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 it goes through this whole big cycle. And that's kind of what I almost want to say that I think the Titans did this to themselves And did it to us by forcing order in a system that didn't necessarily need it. And I don't know what the natural state of that is because that order was sort of imposed upon it. Um, I don't want to say chaos is the natural order, but for lack of a better term, we took everything that was pushing against itself and finding this sort of this equilibrium and said, heck with it. And, well, this planet looks like it needs to be reordered. Oh, this planet needs to be reordered. This planet needs to be reordered. Next, you know, the entire universe is being reordered. And that throws everything out of whack. It creates an imbalance that allows the the void people to sort of, uh, the vo- void entities to sort of rush in when maybe they weren't, weren't going to be able to before. It's It's an interesting question because at the end of the day, because we don't know how things were before the Titans, I don't think we'll ever know exactly how that was.
0: I think that i'm trying to figure out how to phrase this in a way that makes sense i think that the natural state of the cosmic forces it isn't balance or domination it's conflict that's the natural state they're they're constantly coming into conflict with each other and they're doing that and in doing that they achieve a sort of balance like they're fighting and because they're fighting they're they, there's a balance to it one side might rise against the other but the other one will always come back and rise again you know and it just goes back and forth and back and forth and that seems to be the natural state of things anyway if it's not you know if there's not direct cross-conflict like you know the void isn't necessarily directly fighting the light and vice versa the void is more trying to leech its way into the universe and maybe the light is kind of trying to protect that and keep that from happening, but not so much because it's part of the natural order of things. Whereas, you know, you've got Sargeras working on the side of disorder and he's trying to fight back against the void, but it's not not like a direct confrontation. It's not like a direct cross-confrontation on a chart, like Rossi was saying. That's not what it is. It's just conflict in and of itself, which I guess that kind of falls under the whole, hey, it's called Warcraft for a reason. <laughs> I don't know. I, I can't think of a clearer way to put it than that. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. It's comprehensible. Okay. Um, he does have a bonus question here, and the bonus question is, is it on us as creatures who bridge all these forces to determine or police this, whatever the natural order happens to be? If so, I fear that eliminating the Legion completely will deprive us of a tool to combat the Void. Thanks and happy holidays, Captorian. What do you guys think?
2: I don't, it's up to us to fight so we don't die. Anything else than that uh, is not a, a concern to me playing the game. I, I, don't, I don't think mortal creatures have the luxury of worrying about, you know, oh, if we, if we stop the Legion, then what about the Void Lords? The Legion's going to kill us Yep. if we don't stop them. So we stop them and then we worry about the Void Lords. We can fight them after we're done with this one. Because the Void Lords seem perfectly content to sit back and wait to see who comes out on top. As long as that's the case, it's it's like as long as the the guy who's thinking the enemy of my enemy is my enemy's enemy thing, that's great. If you're over there not doing anything, then I will worry about the immediate fight and then move to you when you're next. You can you can get in line. As long as that's the case, yeah. So, I don't think we have to worry about the legion as a tool against the void. I think that the void will fight it when we it comes time to certainly seems to be the kind of thing we would fight we have fought before so
1: well and and it kind of goes back to what i was talking about a few episodes ago where we've never had a period of peace we've never had that luxury of sitting back everything has been one massive tragedy to the next massive tragedy to the next massive tragedy and whether that's by design or or what i don't know uh out of i'm talking about like story-wise not game-wise because we all know that that game-wise of course it's got to be like that but it's We don't have time to philosophize about any of this stuff. We are dealing with all of these threats immediately. We never had a chance to stop to think, oh, you know what? Maybe we shouldn't kill Garrosh and and find out what's happening there because we're depriving ourselves of of a very useful tool, potentially. Maybe we should make friends. Um, We didn't have time because he was too busy trying to murder us. Uh, We didn't have time with the warlords of Draenor because, again, they were, quote unquote, trying to murder us. Uh, Same thing here with the Legion. They're trying to murder us. Survival trumps everything. It it always will. We don't want to die. We don't want our planet to go destroyed or or get burned into ash or or whatever we think is going to happen. We want to keep going on. And and that's going to keep us kind of going. We we don't know what that's going to bring after that. We don't really have time to think of the consequences. We'll keep fighting, though. Like, that that's the thing. We're going to keep fighting. We seem to be doing okay so far. So when it comes time to fight the Void, eh, maybe maybe we should have kept the Legion around. They would have been useful, but maybe not. Maybe not even necessary. Everything we've been told so far has been, well, you can't defeat the Lich King, and then everything is going to go really, really bad, and then you're going to have to deal with that. Well, we did that anyway, and then we we still persevered. Or, or you know, you can't dismantle the, the Warlords because then you won't have that army a- accessible to you. And, well, we did that anyway, and we're still going strong. So, yeah, I mean, it's just we're going to keep moving from one conflict to the other and we're not going to stop to think about it.
0: I feel like we're tiny reflections. Like if the natural state of the cosmic forces is conflict, we're tiny reflections of that. So we're constantly in a state of conflict, you know, like the and all through Missa Pandaria. They were like, why do we fight? It's in our blood. It is technically speaking that it's just something that we have to do it's it's part of the whole that whole universal balance order what disorder whatever whatever you want to call it that natural state of the universe i also find it interesting that we're so tiny we're we're such specks on this whole grand scale of cosmic design and yet we're fighting this cosmic war against something that is so much larger than we are and it's because we're the only things left fighting on that side the titans are gone so we're the only things that are left as that kind of a natural enemy as it were. Um, and I find that interesting. I don't know. Um, so yeah, those were some weighty questions, Gaptorian. And I don't know if we answered them sufficiently for you, but we had fun talking about it (laughs) anyway. I don't know about you guys. I did. Oh yeah. Okay,
2: It is why we're here.
0: <laughs> well, that's going to kind of wrap us up for this, for this uh, round of Lore Watch. And again, if you have any questions for Lore Watch, you can go ahead and email those to podcast at blizzardwatch.com. Just make sure that you put Lore Watch in the subject line so that we know that it's intended for this podcast and not the blizzard watch podcast speaking of which blizzard watch is made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash and your continued support means that this podcast site and community is able to thrive and grow blizzard watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcasts, a better chance at having your question answered on our podcast or the queue and an ads free site experience and for you guys the listeners of lore watch or blizzard watch whichever podcast you know, if you're supporting us or not, it doesn't matter. We've actually uh, got an offer for you. Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. You can sign up with them at blizzardwatch.com slash audible. Several of the questions that we addressed today, we mentioned a lot of Blizzard titles. I know we mentioned Wolfheart. We mentioned Stormrage. Um, if you want to know about more about interstellar travel, Illidan by William King is another good one. All of these books are available. They have audio versions that are available on Audible, and you can get them as your free book download. So if you want to sign up, that's blizzardwatch.com slash Audible. I guess for my closing thoughts question for you guys, what I'm wondering, and it's kind of what Captorian what asked here, but I'm going to ask it fairly directly. Do you think that it's right that we're trying to wipe out the Burning Legion? That's Rossi. such a
1: loaded question.
0: <laughs> Rossi, go ahead and yeah, go. Yeah, yes, absolutely. Got okay.
2: no problems with it. It's not like the Legion always existed. It's not like they provide a universal function. Nope. Kill them. Kill okay. them all. Kill Sargeras too while we're at it. It's not like the other Titans haven't
0: died. Yeah, no problem. Joe, what do you think?
1: From the pure stance of survival and our future and Azeroth's future, yes, it is the right thing to do.
0: Okay. Do you think that there are going to be any kind of lasting implications towards wiping out one of these cosmic, so-called cosmic forces? Hey. I, I think you're kind of
2: assuming a lot if you think we're going to do it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Look, we, we have, have we got... all of these powerful things just, like, falling out of our pockets now. <laughs> yeah,
2: they, they, they got a lot of people. There's, no, there's, They could, like, we could literally kill our own weight and demons, and they'd have, like, that many more demons just, you know, on standby. The, these guys are not in danger of losing this fight, is the problem. So you think we can stall them, but we can't really kill them? Not directly, not unless something changes. Okay.
1: I, I think that even if we do we're just going to deal with whatever the consequences are after that. Just like we do everything else. Cause like I said, we ain't got time to worry.
0: World of Warcraft. <laughs> there's always something terrible going on. All right. And with that in mind, thank you very much for listening you guys. And we will see you in two weeks.